All right, everybody, welcome to the Musical Spinning Podcast. I am your host and live musical theater enthusiast, <laughs> apparently now, Kava Teharian. And Kava didn't notice my earrings until I wasn't wearing I'm them. I'm a bad friend. Lindsay <laughs> I'm a bad friend. Lindsay wow, had these really such... cool earrings. Yeah, so Broadway <laughs> every year does this thing called uh, Broadway Cares, which is like they sell a bunch of stuff for uh, Equity Fights AIDS. And what they'll do is they'll, you know, kind of sell props or like this was in the show or somebody's shirt. I've got a Beetlejuice from Beetlejuice. I got like one of the newspapers that he reads at the very beginning of the show. Okay. Um, And from Oklahoma, the new production, which regrettably only lasted like a few months. It's one of those productions where the cast actually plays um, instruments. And um, so the guy who played Curly in this Oklahoma actually was an Orpheus. He was the original Orpheus for the off-Broadway version. Oh, okay, okay. So he was Curly. And so they took the earrings he used, or they took the Fender guitar picks that he used. They're like made out of... nice and pearl. Yeah, I think they're like made out of mother of pearl. They're a pretty thick gauge, I think. Yeah, they're not... Well, I don't know. They're they're made out of some natural thing. Um, And then they... um, turn them into earrings and have this little uh, copper thing that says, okay, exclamation point. They're very okay. They're more than okay. They're cool. Yeah. And, and I, I liked them. Yeah. Cause that, that, I loved that production of Oklahoma and I was not here for Oklahoma before that production of Oklahoma. And I'm yes. like, this is art. So yeah, I'm going to throw down a hundred dollars for those earrings. <laughs> and uh, so yeah, he didn't, he didn't notice the earrings until I wasn't wearing them anymore. <laughs> And I like guitar picks because I play guitar. Anyway, this is a perfect way to start our show for Chicago. Yeah. Uh, well, Oklahoma is a place. That's true. Chicago is a place. It's all related. They're in the Midwest. Yeah, totally. Uh, uh, They're both he- kind of oldish. Oldish. Uh, Chicago, we're going to go see tonight. It's going to culminate our trip, mm-hmm. which has been, you know, all kind over of, the place. Kind of hitting some of the Broadway classics. Yes. Or off-Broadway classics in the case of Little Shop of Horrors. Which we thought, Chicago, or I, I shouldn't say we, because you thought, because I didn't fucking know any of this, but mm. you thought Chicago was going to be more like, oh, it'll be easy to get Chicago tickets, and it yep. was like fucking... <laughs> Chicago was uh, in demand. Did not see that coming, because as we will learn, Chicago has been running for a very long time. And I kind of figured it'd be like a Wicked or Phantom thing where it'd be like, oh, you know, everyone's already seen it. Everybody's mm-hmm. going to be rushing to see like, you know, Hadestown one or one of the, of the new hip see, things. Yeah. yeah, that like or Tina or something like that. But no, Chicago. Well, here's the thing. this Chicago is only open three days a week right now, mm-hmm. as opposed to the rest of the shows, which are more or less running on a full schedule. Not Aladdin. Except Aladdin. <laughs> Who's out six? Yeah, who's out sick, right? <laughs> who's got? Who's been sent home he's at with home. the cold? Mom's taking care of him. Yeah, because he's he's got a mom in this version. Yeah, chicken soup, whatever it is that he's yeah, whatever actually, it is no, they it's Vicks. He's getting Vicks on his chest. He's, yeah, whatever it is they eat in Agrabah. <laughs> That's how, that's how the Middle Easterners, that's how yeah. we would do it. Vicks, like, Vicks, 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 put some Vaseline Vicks. on some part of it. How do you, like, how do you pronounce Vicks? Vicks. 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 Do oh. I say it weird? No, I was oh. just wondering if there's like a like a Persian oh, dad Vicks? way. Saying, oh, no. Vicks. Vicks, there's a rouge. Yeah, they just put Vicks on it. Yeah, it's fine. It's like, uh, what was that movie? Uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding where he puts like, yeah, fucking Windex well, yeah, was and it Windex? <laughs> So you're just like, I just assume your family is like yeah, that. Like, like I'll show up and they'll be little. like, oh, you're a vegetarian. Yeah. That's okay. I make, I, lamb. I make lamb. Yeah, it's exactly what it was. So Aladdin's at home sick. Yeah, ready. Aladdin's at home sick, but Chicago is fine. Chicago's fine. They're still kicking. Um, we're going to go see it this evening, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be very, very different from the other three we've seen in a lot of ways. Yeah. It doesn't this have puppets. Most, no puppets. That's the biggest like hit against it, in my opinion. Yeah, no puppets. It. Not a family show. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, so it's more sexy. Mm, yeah, 
And also just like the design of this show is, I guess, honestly, part of what surprises me of the fact that um, it's still running. Mm-hmm. This production in particular. Is this the same one that's been going the whole time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, oh, whoa. Well, not the 1975 production. This is the 1996 revival. Okay. And it is. Jesus, the like long, 25 years. Yeah. The longest uh, revival yeah. in Broadway history. Okay. Um, And, you know, because a lot of times revivals will be like a big deal because it'll be like, oh, you know, Les Mis is back or, yeah. um, you know, Oklahoma or some something that's like. West Side Story was going to have a big revival and mm-hmm. then that got killed by the plague. Yeah. And I was actually kind of excited for that one, even though Scott Rudin, our enemy, <laughs> was heading to make a pretty profit off of it. I'm sure we'll get into it, but I imagine the movie probably had a big, uh, it won a bunch of Oscars and shit. So I'm sure that like gave new life to it of like, you know, what's interesting it is it, it out. movies being released does not really seem to have any effect on the popularity of Broadway shows. Really? Yeah, there doesn't seem to have much of a correlation as to whether or not it is because like Phantom of the Opera, Mm -hmm. when that movie came out, no change. Well, it's a terrible movie, right? Isn't that like it was like a Chicago Chicago was like a no change. Big deal, though. Okay, that's that's surprising. Huge hit on Broadway. Still a huge hit on Broadway. There was never like a lull then. Yeah, like like you have all these Disney shows that are based on movies. You don't need to see the show. You've seen the movie, but people still come see the show. All right. Well, let's get into Although some Although I am curious to see if, if Dear Evan Hansen, the movie, kills Dear Evan Hansen, the show. Because I have seen a lot of people say Ooh, that I that is... I forgot to ex- check and see how well it's doing, if it's doing really well. Bad. Is it not is it not making it, a lot of money? Well, no, it's not. Okay. And it is being eviscerated by critics. It's Goodness. like people... like I, I've seen people say, like, this is going to sink the show because people hate the movie so Holy much. Shit. And it really reveals the weaknesses of... The, anyway. Anyway. Chicago. I was, I was a part of this effort, which is... I have no I'm allowed to talk shit. Yeah, no, no. I was, say, I was saying this, <laughs> yeah, he, which you can't just, see what I'm doing yeah, right now. He's, but I'm he's like, just like smiling and thumbing up. He's fine. He, no, <laughs> he doesn't have any opinions nope. on any movies about, <laughs> about anything. Uns, like 30 year old men playing teenagers. Uh, anyway, so let's get into the notes of Chicago. Chicago is a 1975 American musical with music by John Kander, lyrics by Fred Ebb and book by Ebb and Bob Fosse. I do know the name Bob Fosse. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know much about him. He's played by Sam Rockwell in a recent FX miniseries. Really? Yeah. I fucking love Sam Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Yeah. Fosse Verdon, like Gwen Verdon did have a part to play in uh, the creation of Chicago. Isn't uh, one of those fucking other really, is Cabaret the one where he's like doing like 10 shows at once or something and he's directing like a couple shows at the same time. Maybe you're thinking of all that jazz. Oh, oh, that's what it is. Yeah. 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 Because Cabaret is, is its own thing. It's like. It's it takes place in the 1930s in Germany. It's oh, like, okay. No, I'm it's no, not no. Nazis. All that jazz. Like, <laughs> oh, that jazz. But was Bob Fosse? Bob, yeah, Bob Fosse directed all that jazz. Okay. And, yeah. But it was it's isn't it based on himself? Yeah. Okay, that's what I was thinking about. All right, so I wasn't totally off. Yeah, yeah, but that's not cabaret. I was yeah, just but not like, cabaret. I was like, well, he directed cabaret. I'm not sure what you're talking about though. Uh, sorry for that uh, sidetrack. Uh, set in Chicago in the Jazz Age, the musical is based on a 1926 play of the same title by reporter Maureen Dallas Watkins about actual criminals and the crimes on which she reported. The story is a satire on corruption in the administration of criminal justice and the concept of the celebrity criminal. And you could also argue, I guess, now reality TV. Okay. I think they yeah, yeah, they yeah. put they like snuck that subtext into the movie. Okay, yeah. Um, in the early 1920s, Chicago's press and public became riveted by the subject of homicides committed by women. 
Yeah, it wasn't like there were more homicides committed by women in the 20s. It's just that suddenly people realized, like, murder people? wait a minute, women murder people? Like, oh, but shit. not with poison, right. with guns. <laughs> like, and, you know, then it became like the whole, like, ooh, well, it must be the jazz yeah. <laughs> that's, that's doing it to them. Making them murder with guns and not arsenic. What else? Yeah. Uh, several high profile cases arose, which generally involved women killing their lovers or husbands. This is a perfect musical for everybody because it's basically like a true crime podcast. Yeah. Or a true crime well, show. It's a murder there's program. There's no mystery. Oh. <laughs> there's no mystery in Chicago. That's what a revival should yeah. be. Is it turned yeah, well, into a- <laughs> there's one character in Chicago who is called uh, the Hunyak. Um, Hunyak, okay. Although I, it's kind of arguable if she is actually Hungarian. Okay. Um, the question is, like, is she actually guilty? Mm-hmm. And I've seen it played either way. Like, uh, you you may remember this, how there's, like, the six Mary murderesses of Cook County Jail. No, I don't remember. I well, did, so, yeah, for context, tangle. I have seen the film yeah, uh, yeah. when it came out in the theaters, which was 2000. Right, so you remember how there's this thing called the cell block tangle where, where they all talk about why they killed who Barely, they killed. Like, no. my, he had it coming. Okay, well, there's nope. a song about how they talk about how he had it coming. And all of the American women are unequivocally guilty. Okay. Um, and then there's a character called the Hunyak. And um, she doesn't speak English. Okay. She speaks Hungarian or whatever the actress happens to speak. Yeah. And so whenever she gives her story, it's just completely in like it's in a foreign language. And she's just like, and then they're like, yeah, but did you do it? And then like, it's kind of questionable is like, is she just another one of them and doesn't happen to speak English? Right. Or is she actually innocent and put her in jail? You know, they're just putting understand. her in jail because she is like, you know, foreigner. Yeah. Foreigner. And in the movie, it's really obvious that she's innocent, mm, okay. but in the, every version I've seen, she's just another one of them and okay. is obviously guilty. Are there like a bunch of like, uh, conspiracies online about like, what, is, what do they think it is? Like, is it true? Is it not true? No, like, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it's, it's not. obvious. Okay. Like it's, it's very obviously a comment on xenophobia in both the play and in the movie, but more in the movie because, the movie wants to make it clear that like the American women basically get off get scot free, of yeah, and then yeah. the only one that like gets punished is the furner. Okay, uh, let's see. These cases were tried against the backdrop of changing views of women in the jazz age and a long string of acquittals by Cook County. All male juries of female murderers, convicted murderers, generally face death by hanging. So they just they just didn't have the heart. They just love those <laughs> they broads. Just, they're like, they're we can't like, kill this can't, broad. You can't kill that broad. She got a nice rack. You <laughs> can't kill her. <laughs> that mole. <laughs> uh, Bob Fosse choreographed the original you don't production. Lose those gams. Yeah. <laughs> Were they saying gams? She could make yet? a good wife. I have no idea. I don't think they had gams yet. I think that was the 30s. Uh, I insist that we talk in that voice for yeah. the second half of the podcast. Yeah, that won't get old. <laughs> for me, it won't. <laughs> True. Uh, John Kander and Fred Ebb of Cabaret fame modeled each number on a traditional vaudeville number or a, bo- or a vaudeville performer. This format made explicit the show's comparison between justice. These are all in quotes. Justice, show business. Not my quotes. And contemporary society. Yeah, we, 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 live, live, in a society. we live in a society, said Kander and Ebb. Um, Which is interesting <laughs> because it's like very similar to Cabaret in the way that it uses tone. Okay. Because they, they take place like within a few years of each other, these two shows. Okay. Um, even though they were written, like Cabaret was written in the 60s. This was written in the 70s. Cabaret takes place in like 1933. Mm-hmm. And this takes place in like the mid to late 20s. Um, Wait, where does this one take place? In sh- and that was a joke. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Chicago. Okay. I was about to say, it's like it's in the 20s. Yeah. <laughs> 
while they kind of use tone the same way, the actual tone of the show is very different. Okay. Mainly because I think the question is like, do you take this backdrop seriously? Okay. And the backdrop of Chicago, uh, basically like this sort of like the rise of the tabloid and mm. this very salacious way of selling papers. Yeah. And like it's almost kind of like this Newsies-esque like um, – the Hearst Papers I was versus say, it's like a Charles Foster yeah, King thing almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like the the where it was like the the Hearst Papers were one side, and then you had the other papers, and they were basically like kind of for profiting it out, like Fox yeah. News versus MSNBC, getting eyeballs on like yeah, clicks and, and shit. Click so baby. they're using a similar tone, but they you know think that the under lying premise is worthy of ridicule you know it's stupid they're judging you know it, <laughs> they, they're yeah. like this is a musical that judges its characters from start to finish mm-hmm. cabaret is very different because it's like while you know they use this these sort of vaudevillian numbers to kind of like highlight whatever social thing is happening mm-hmm. cabaret is about like using this sort of like club life and this like this music and this lifestyle mm-hmm. to bury your head in the sand and ignore what's actually happening, yeah, okay. which in this case is like, it takes place in Berlin in 1933. Okay. And so it's sort of like these characters who do see the writing on the wall and versus mm-hmm. the ones that refuse to because they're too busy partying. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting how like, you know, both of these shows are so successful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is like, cause like in some ways they're very similar, but in some ways they couldn't be more different. That's interesting. The show has resorted to celebrity stunt casting over the years. This was originally going to be a quiz, (laughs) but but instead it's just like, all right, go. Go. All right. The show has resorted to celebrity stunt casting over the years to keep it relevant, including, but not limited to, Christy Brinkley, Mel B, which obviously you should know as the Spice Girl, uh, several Real Housewives, Ashley Simpson, Rumor Willis, who is Demi Moore and Bruce Willis's daughter. And yes, that is how it is spelled. I did know that, actually. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, Sophia Vergara, Melanie Griffith, Michael C. Hall, Rita Wilson, Brooke Shields, Tay Diggs, Jerry Springer. That's weird. Backstreet Boy, Kevin Richardson, Cheetah Rivera, Linda Carter and Usher. I'm honestly surprised there are no celebrities in the cast right now. Are there any uh, big Broadway names or anything that none that I was familiar with? Okay, I mean I'm just sort of thinking like maybe it's good because the Cause ver- the last version I saw, I saw a stunt casting version and it was not good. Uh, it's, guess, okay, did I, I, I of all of these guess which one I saw? Uh, you probably saw the one in which uh, Backstreet Boy Kevin Richardson was in it. No, damn, I saw. Miley's own Billy Ray, Billy Ray Cyrus, Cyrus as of Billy Flynn, and boy, that man great. cannot act. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's kind of wild that like he he made it on the Disney Channel for as long as he did. Oh goodness, uh, it's really cheap to produce, which is part of why it's still running. The '96 Broadway production holds the record as the longest-running musical revival and the longest-running American musical in Broadway history, and is the second longest-running show to ever run on Broadway, behind only. The Phantom of the Opera. I feel like Phantom of the Opera and content are like my two trigger words of this podcast at this point. Uh, has it been in the same theater the whole time? I, I think so. It's been as long as I can remember. Another one of those fucking 50 year leases that were almost yeah. over because we're so old. It's just like one of those really well oiled machines that like is, as you'll see, really cheap to reduce. Okay. Generally, all of the money goes to the big star, the headliner. Uh, Usher was like a huge get. Okay. I remember like they shut down streets when Usher started really? in Chicago. Yeah. I don't remember Jerry Springer. Maybe that was not while I was, that must have been in the 90s. Probably didn't shut down any streets for that yeah. one. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I remember a bunch of stunt casting and I was like going through all these articles trying to find like who was there and like I was like. No thanks. Don't remember that. 
Are you sure it was the Broadway version? <laughs> Maybe that article lied. Jerry Springer was hot for a moment in the pop culture. Yeah, zeitgeist. but could he sing? No. Then again, they don't care. They don't care, yeah. Uh, at least, you know, at least they tend to go for singers instead of actors. I don't know if that's a good at least. <laughs> several, like that there were several real housewives I do find a little questionable. Mm. Boomers love Chicago, I guess. I was like... Um, Similar to Mama Mia. <laughs> I was looking at the uh, FAQ on the show's website, uh-huh. and there's a lot of questions about stairs and oh how many God. stairs are in the theater oh, and how many and okay. I was like okay so does this tell you a little bit about uh, listen that's fairly relevant age. to us now as well let's be real <laughs> the age of the Just person sweating my scene. ass off I'm like oh, I'm tired <laughs> the, the the general age uh, demo of uh, the Chicago, Chicago typical Chicago viewer alright well we're gonna go watch Chicago listen to this luscious ad read I feel it's weird when I say it's a luscious ad read you have to say it because otherwise it's like listen to this creamy (laughs) (laughs) dear god no this is what I get drenched ad read (laughs) and we'll be back to talk about Chicago covered in honey mustard sauce and ranch dressing okay we're going to the ad read This episode is sponsored by Audible, the leading provider of spoken word entertainment all in one place. Right now, you can get a free 30-day trial by visiting audible.com slash musicalsplaining or by texting musicalsplaining to 500-500. That's 500-500. As an Audible member, you will get one credit every month good for any title in our premium selection. That means the buzziest new release, a revered classic, or the best audiobook ever, Lindsay Ellis's Truth of the Divine. These titles are yours to keep forever in your Audible library, which you can listen to while going on a walk, a bike ride, or while folding your laundry, which you washed and dried a few days ago, but it's still sitting on a pile on top of that chair in the corner of your room, watching and judging you, reminding you of your inability to ever follow through on anything. And no matter how much you try and break things down into little bite-sized tasks, they keep piling up higher and higher and higher. Because the truth is, laundry will always be there until maybe someone finally invents disposable clothing, but that's probably going to ruin the environment like everything else. (laughs) You'll also get full access to our popular Plus catalog, filled with original entertainment, guided fitness meditation, and podcasts, including ad-free versions of your favorite shows. It's all included with your membership, no credits needed. So again... Go to audible.com slash musicalsplaining or text musicalsplaining to 500-500, that's 500-500, for a free 30-day trial. And for the love of God, go fold your laundry already. All right, guys, we're back from the ad break, and we have seen Chicago, and I have looked at myself in the mirror and decided I will never look as beautiful as the people in that show. At least... You've got more youth than the people in the audience. I think you're the youngest people there by like 30 years. Yeah, maybe. probably 30 years. We were very spry and youthful. Yeah, it kind of makes you feel like, wow, well, I guess we do have some time left, you know, assuming, you know, these people aren't going to see the climate change catastrophe. It made me feel like a little kid sneaking into something. Mm. Right. Because it's very rare that you're around that many older people. And I'm like, should I not be here? Is this inappropriate? Especially considering how like sexy the show tries to be. I mean, it is. Right. No, I was just like, as I was, you know, leaving, it was like only kind of then that I realized like, A, why this show has been running for so long in this form and B, why it would appeal to conservative, conservative boomers in the way that it does. Ooh. 
So, all right, let's see. Uh, Chicago is the story of Roxy Hart, who murders her uh, side chick (laughs) (laughs) in a fit of a jealous rage because he's like, I'm not seeing you anymore. And she's like, nobody walks out on me. And she murders him. And for like a hot minute, she convinces her husband to take the heat for it and you know, claim that he stood his ground, uh, but that doesn't work. And she goes <laughs> to jail guy. alongside all of the other uh, murderesses, of which there are quite a few. <laughs> murderesses. Yeah. Well, that's what they're called. The six merry murderesses of the Cook County Jail whenever they do yes. the cell block tango. Because that was another thing I realized, like in, in show form, the banger to dud ratio is like way higher in the first half than it is in the second half because like all the songs everybody loves are in the first half and i think cell block tango was the one where everybody's like yay it's the cell block tango I that love was the, the one we discussed yeah before before we went to see yeah it. so basically in this universe uh if you become a murderer it's a really good idea to also kind of become like a tabloid celebrity like a you know lorena bobbit type but way less tragic and what so, was that movie from the 90s with Nicole Kidman? It was uh, To Die For, right? I don't remember. Oh, OK. It was something similar where she I think she murders her husband and then basically becomes a tabloid celebrity. Yeah. So she gets the uh, lawyer who is um, getting everybody else off and, you know, is a very good at what he do. No pun this intended. is Billy Flynn. <laughs> and uh, he's the one that's usually stunt casting. Was not this time. I think this guy is like an opera singer. Because usually the stunt casting is a guy that doesn't necessarily know how to sing. Yeah, I think I saw when we were walking the hallways that at one point they did Jerry Springer, mm-hmm. which yeah, seems very like, like, yeah, okay, I could see why they would have done that in the 90s. Yeah, uh, this this show has has done a lot of, st- as we discussed in the first ca- half, stunt casting over the yeah. years. So uh, her main rival in the jail is Velma Kelly, who was the big star before Roxy showed up. And uh, eventually, you know, Roxy is the new hotness for a minute, but then uh, both of them kind of the star starts to fade and they panic a little bit. uh, But then Roxy goes to trial. Velma gets off off screen somewhere. It's not (laughs) it's not explained how. And uh, in order to kind of get the shine back on their penny, they have to work together, even though they hate each other in a, you know, we did murder act, <laughs> and that's how the show ends. We dance, and we did a murder. We did a murder, yay! But now we're out. Yeah, that's the important. Yeah, thing. Yeah, it's it's I was like the other weird thing is like I remember it kind of being a little more poignant in the show than it was in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, it's only again now that I realize like how kind of conservative the show is. Uh, yeah, that's my other spicy hot take is I do think the movie is better. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm not saying you need to skip it because it is a very different experience. Mm-hmm. But as as a whole, as a piece, I think that the movie is better. Yeah, I, I have to say, though, I was surprised by considering how sparse it was because mm-hmm. and, and my question, I didn't really know this going into it. But like, is that sort of how it's always staged or is this something no. specific to how it this is? Was, I mean, it was kind of staged like this during its initial run, but then for this one, they were like, we're stripping it down, we're going all fussy, baby, you know, because yeah. it's like, the way they are dressed is not 20s at all. Like, no, no, nothing. It's, like, it's 90s Euro trash was the note I wrote. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is like, it's nothing about the aesthetic 
uh, says anything about the setting except for arguably uh, some of the music, most of the music. I think the only person that slightly dresses Billy is because he's kind of wearing that big suit. It's like wearing a big pinstripe suit with like the big shoulders. That's the only thing I would say that was an indicator of the era. Yeah. Uh, and like there, there's one point where like some some feathers like get come out like showgirl feathers and mm-hmm. you know sometimes they'll bring a prop out but for the most part there are no props there's no sets there's some big Mandela effect going on with how people remember this and I guess I could talk to that in a minute but yeah the way they're dressed is very just like how like Fosse dancers dressed in the 70s like if you like watch all that jazz or mm-hmm. like performances of him like rehearsing with his dancers. Mm-hmm. They all had like very tight tights and like leotards that went up to the waist. And yeah, that's just how Fosse dancers look. Was it, So is this closer than to the original run that he would have done in the 70s? I, accor- I mean, I would say I wasn't there. According <laughs> Weren't you to, around in the 70s? <laughs> according to this, some reviews, it's not that dissimilar. If you look at the... Mm. Um, poster from 1975 mm-hmm. it looks more like cabaret but the cabaret was also kind of wrong oh this is interesting jerry orbach was the original billy oh, flynn in 1975 really? <laughs> yeah that's awesome <laughs> <Ma chère> mademoiselle. <laughs> um Okay, obviously Jerry Orbach was a big Broadway guy. That's why he was in Beauty and the Beast. Uh, the interesting thing about Fosse things in the 70s is that they were uh, more just kind of what he liked yeah. than what was period accurate. Yeah. And that kind of carried on. Because when you look at, uh, you know, all of the productions of Cabaret that everybody loves, like, they're kind of wrong. Like, <laughs> that's not what people looked like in mm. the 30s. Uh, but m- more the movie than anything. The movie is just very like 70s Fosse, like Liza Minnelli is wearing like these one piece like pants suits yeah. that are purple and have like frills on them like Dolly Parton. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a it's it's very Fosse. It's not period. But I think that's just kind of that's uh, kind of been a strength. You know, people like that. Yeah, I mean, that's what makes it so iconic. Like, even me not knowing anything about musicals going into this podcast, like, I did know the name Bomb Fosse, and I know about, like, jazz hands. That's the extent of, like, what yeah. I knew about it. But it, but it was interesting. Contra- contribution just to culture. Basically, it's that. But it was inter- I thought it was interesting, though, because I thought it would be a lot more boring just based on how stripped down it is just based on mm-hmm. and the stage and like the costumes and all that well this cast was a lot more animated than the last one i saw i think yeah. again because that was back when they were doing stunt casting and it was kind of tired and now they're like you know they got people who are like on their musical theater a game it was a very international cast uh, mm-hmm. i think all three of the leads were latin american in some mm-hmm. way like uh the billy was from like the Brazilian opera. Brazilian um, Polish guy, yeah. Yeah. Um the the Roxy is Cuban American and the uh Velma Kelly is from like she got famous uh, in Mexico City. I think she's from Mexico City. So, you know, they they were, you know, very on their A game, uh very yeah. top of the like you know, feek physical prowess, feek. Jesus, yeah. man, everybody. It's like when feek, we saw yeah. <laughs> when we saw what you would call it, Hades Town, and there was tall guy who yeah. was shredded, but it was like the entire yeah. cast was tall <laughs> the guy. Entire cast. <laughs> yeah, most of the. I guess it's like about the cast is the same, but the women are on stage more, and so you definitely notice that the women are very like shredded, and you man, know, show nary, shredded up. <laughs> nary a muffin top in sight. Oh no, very except much. Except for not. Amos, he was very good though. 
Roxy's husband, who, you know, takes a fall for like a hot minute and then uh, is basically easily manipulated throughout the entire show. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that you, you really liked Amos because like whenever uh, he came out for curtain call, you were like, yeah, yeah Amos, Amos. I relate like to only, this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only like normal person in that thing. He's like he's tried to do the right thing. He tried to be like the nice person. and He just sort of got screwed. It's interesting because the way that the musical is framed, like you said, it's kind of cynical. Right. So he's sort of yeah. you're, you're meant to think he's like a schmuck, but really he's like, I don't know, like the only good person <laughs> it's, it's like yeah. poor bastard i guess that's sort of like kind of the appeal where i did like i i realized like this is a musical that does kind of appeal to conservatives mm. because it's so cynical and because mm-hmm. it has this sort of like remember the good old days veneer that the characters keep saying but mm-hmm. they don't really mean and <laughs> like you know it's sort of more cynical with its moralism the way it's like the, if it weren't for the press, we wouldn't have got to be famous. So thank you. You know, that's kind of how the it ends. Media. With, the media is yeah. like, you know, what what made us famous. So thank you. And it's just like, yeah, but you liked watching these women dress like this, you know. So it's like <laughs> you get to kind of have your cake and eat it, too, of yeah. like perving on these like, you know, perfectly bodied, you know, 30 year old women while also kind of having the show be a little bit of a reprimand of, you know, the main, the lamestream media lamestream. and how it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because especially like the, the show does keep a lot more of that in the, at the forefront than the movie does, mm-hmm. which I, I guess kind of gives it a more like, I don't think it's a conservative show per se. I think it I can just see why it appeals to yeah. conservative boomers because Jesus Christ, like the people in this audience, like this one guy, uh, as I was like, the he was a guy who was sitting like right in front of Lisa. Mm-hmm. And like, as I was taking my seat, like during intermission, he was on the phone with someone and he was going on about what a communist, like totalitarian <laughs> city this is for making people wear masks oh my in God. a packed fucking theater. God, I wish you could have yeah. had that guy on the podcast and heard his opinion about the show. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of gives you like this pass to be like, oh, the show kind of condemns the sluttiness. So that makes it okay for me to, you know, enjoy it for what it is because it doesn't. It's kind of like okay people with that sort of right. thing. It's like people who uh, watch gangster movies where they don't realize that you're not supposed to be rooting for the gangster by <laughs> the end of it, but that they're like, yeah, cool. Uh, but I don't know. I, I was going to ask you. So I had some thoughts, which is like, how much is this sort of like your, this is like your prototypical Fosse then essentially, right? Yeah, this I'd is sort of so. like your your biggest like impact in terms of like the general culture. A lot of it comes from this production. I think for musical theater, yeah, yeah. Um, I think there's a good case to be made for Cabaret, but Cabaret had a very successful movie, and that was what kind of really elevated Fosse into the mainstream because he also directed the movie, and that mm-hmm. was what made Liza Minnelli a star. And yeah. you know, we, she's still a meme. <laughs> we love her though; she's Lucille too. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the thing, like, why definitely why I prefer Cabaret over Chicago. Chicago is very, you know, cold and distant from mm-hmm. its own characters. It's very above it all. And I think, like, even though Cabaret is, like, stylistically very similar, it has the same composer and writer, mm-hmm. uh, like, it's not like that at all. It is very sincere. The tone of it is more... With yeah, the, big difference the tone between is the very, yeah. As opposed to like the sets and the style. Yeah, it takes place in Germany right before uh, Hitler takes power. So it's sort of like 
this atmosphere of a party where the people who are throwing the party don't realize that the party is over and they need to get out. Mm, okay. You know, there are Jewish characters. And so it's it's really interesting because like we, the audience, know where this is going. Mm-hmm. But they in universe are like kind of talking about it. Like, I've been here before. These people might get into power, but they'll leave just like they always do. Sort you of know, like a it's, sound of music in a way almost. Uh, yeah. But it's like, you know, it doesn't have a happy ending because like, uh. again, it's it ends right as like Hitler's coming to power. So mm. it's like we know what's going to happen to these characters. Like mm-hmm. some of them get out. Some of them don't. And the 98 revival uh, like basically ends like with a very heavy implication that like a lot of the people in the cabaret end up in a concentration camp because Jesus. they are Jewish and or gay. And I'm like kind of spoiling that because I don't think we're going to get to see the one in London. It is, is just that the one with a uh, red mane that you're. Yeah. I mean, into? I'm curious about it. Yeah. Like it's a completely different production. Like they, you know, are like, again, like, I guess it's time, you know, to move <laughs> on from the Sam Mendes production because like uh, that's that Sam Mendes production kind of kept getting revived because everybody loved it so much. And, you know, Alan Cumming played the MC and he actually came back uh, mm-hmm. like. Uh, 15 years after the fact to revive that role uh, for like six months. It's interesting because I'm like, I, I've, I've exposed myself to a lot of Chicago. It's just not really something I can get really passionate about just because the show mm-hmm. itself isn't passionate about anything. It's just kind of above it all. So in that way, I'm like, it's kind of the only musical I can think of where it's like, Nobody loves this show, <laughs> you know, because there's nothing to connect with emotionally. Is this another one where it can be done? I mean, I, I'm asking more than I know, but is this another one that you can sort of just do everywhere? Like everyone can sort of do these productions like smaller, sort of like when we were talking yeah. about Jesus Christ Superstar. I imagine yeah, that's I was like, almost makes it more in prevalent. One. Yeah. Oh, really? Tell us about that. Yeah. I mean, I auditioned and I made it to callbacks, but I didn't get cast because oh. I was too young. So the other thing I, I thought was interesting Considering, again, in the context of this trip, seeing Lion King and um, seeing Wicked before this, is it just made this feel so much more... Uh, I guess, Black boxy. Yeah, like I, I was going to say like basic, but I don't. that sounds like mean. Yeah. I don't mean basic in the bad way, but like literally the entire fucking stripped stage. Down. Yeah. Stripped down. The entire stage, like it, most of the stage is the actual uh, box where like, you know, Orchestra. the musicians playing. Yeah. And it's like this tiny little strip in the front where like the actors and the performers can actually dance around and sing. And I remember when they pulled the curtain up, I was like, is there another fucking thing that's going to come in? Like, is the orchestra going to go away? Well, or this Yeah, sits- there was definitely some Mandela, you know, you know, Mandela. Effect, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Well, I was like, they must have completely changed the set because I don't remember this at all. I don't mm-hmm. remember the orchestra being on stage. And then Lisa, who hadn't seen it, she was like, yeah, there used to be like a portcullis that came down. I've seen pictures of it. And then we were talking about this in the bathroom line. And some lady who was Mm -hmm. like 20 years older than us was like, yeah, uh, they definitely changed the staging. Like the staging used to be different. And so I went online and I found a bootleg from 1996 Oh, the one with what's her name, right? Sarah was showing me that. The one with Lilith from Frasier, I think, is what she was watching. Baby New Earth? Yes. Yeah. It's completely the same. Yeah. When, yeah. When, it was just like there was no change. Everybody, I think just like the movie kind of got into people's heads because like the movie had like the sort of silhouette of like the ladies doing, mm-hmm. you know, like in the, the jail bars during Cell Block Tango. 
And I was like, yeah, I remembered that. Like my mind created that memory, but it just didn't happen. This show hasn't changed its staging at all in, you know, 26 years. I thought that was pretty strong, though. And I liked the conductor was really funny. That guy was like having a blast. And I like that they did have those doors. There was like a little path the that they were going. conductor. <laughs> that guy was great. Uh, the, the, yeah, the orchestra was so old. Like, if, like they were all white men. I think it was like one or two women. Oh, man. I did, I did honestly kind of find that distracting, the fact that they really? were all like 60 oh, yeah, plus. Yeah. yeah. I, to me, it just looked like those people who were uh, in the orchestra had like union jobs or something, and they'd just been playing there forever. And I was like, Probably. That's, that's a reason why people will not leave Phantom. Uh, because Phantom is like a very cushy union job. And yeah. so the people like there are people who absolutely hate Phantom that are still that have been working there for like 20 years because mm-hmm. it's just such a safe, cushy union job that like they can't get booted out of. So they're like, whatever, man, I show up. I play my yeah, violin. I thing. go home. Yeah. Cash the checks. <laughs> I put in my three hours per day and I'm done. Hey, man, I would if I could too. shit. <laughs> I think really it does kind of boil down to the performances because I do like last time I saw yeah. it like 10 or 15 years ago being more bored by it because like Billy was not good. It was because mm-hmm. it was Billy Ray Cyrus and he can't act. <laughs> and um, and I guess it was not a good singer for the part. Like, I guess he's a fine country singer, but he's not a very good Broadway singer. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I just remember the cast not being as animated. I feel like they were like the fact that they are so on their A game, like since it is such a like stripped down show, like there's no sets, there's no like you know, elaborate costumes, like it kind of, it definitely like lives or dies on its cast. And mm-hmm. I guess that's the ironic thing is like it, it, cause it kept doing all this stunt casting. That was what helped ke- keep it alive. But that's like not what makes it watchable. Yeah. Although I did hear Usher was good. I heard, I heard Usher did a good job. Who did he play? Billy. Billy? He was okay. One of the many, many, many stunt, Billy stunt casting. Is Billy generally the one who's always stunt casted? Not yeah. as like Amos or something or, or somebody else. I've never seen Amos stunt cast because Amos is like really easy to be boring and mm-hmm. it requires an actor, yeah. you know, because um, he also kind of arguably has like the most boring song, which is Mr. Cellophane, where he sings about like nobody being alone, you know, nobody, nobody likes me. And it's yeah. like, he's like Eeyore, it's, basically. <laughs> yeah, really easy for that one to be boring. Uh, so that one kind of <laughs> needs an actor. And like this version was uh, originated by Joel Gray, who was the original MC in Cabaret. Oh, really? So he's, yeah. Oh, so he's got. Just so surprising. He was. Uh, I guess he would have been like in his forties back then. He also was the original wizard in, in Wicked. Oh, okay. I think I did know that. Uh, I guess that about wraps it up for Chicago. It's the sh- the show was short and sweet, so it makes sense that the episode would be too. I guess uh, funny because like I, I I thought it was. It kind of dragged, but that's also because I'm, well, I mean, I didn't feel like an eternity. It just, it cuts like the movie cuts out all the songs I don't like. Mm -hmm. And so they're back here and and it's just sort of like, oh, it put back the songs that aren't that great. I think the movie made the right call by cutting them. All right, you guys, thanks for listening. Go ahead and please leave us a review if you enjoy listening to the podcast and also follow our sponsor links. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter at Musical Splainin with no G at Musical Splaining with a G on Instagram. Uh, I am at Kavataharian on Twitter and at Permafriends on Instagram. If you are in the Los Angeles area, uh, the weekend of December 3rd, I'm going to be at LA Comic Con. So please come see me. Uh, I had a fun time at the Designer Con last weekend. And uh, yeah, keep it up, guys. Thanks for coming to see. I had a couple of people that come that got to come actually see me in person 
and I got to meet actual fans of the podcast, Lindsay. It was very strange. <laughs> it's the first time I met fans. Other than we did the no, uh, when, we, when we did the the uh, the book the book thing uh, the book uh, event. We'll see you at the theater. <laughs>